the ungrateful man in a certain town lived a brahman whose name was sacrifice sacrifice in sanskrit was called yagyadatta every day his wife chafing under their poverty would say to him come brahman lazy bones stony heart don't you see your baby is starving while you hang about mooning go somewhere no matter where find some way any way to get food and come back in a hurry at least the brahman weary of this refrain undertook a long journey and in a few days entered a great forest while wandering hungry in this forest he began to hunt for water and in a certain spot he came upon a well overgrown with grass when he looked in he discovered a tiger a monkey a snake and a man at the bottom they also saw him then the tiger thought here comes a man and he cried oh noble soul there is a great virtue in saving life think of that and pull me out so that i may live in the company of beloved friends wife sons and relatives why said the brahman the very sound of your name brings a shiver to every living thing i cannot deny that i fear you but the tiger resumed to brahman slayer impotent to drunkard him on treason bent to sinner through prevarication the holy grant and expiation while for ingratitude alone no expiation will atone and he continued i bind myself by a triple oath that no danger threatens you from me have pity and pull me out then the brahman thought it through to this conclusion if disaster befalls in the saving of life it is a disaster that spells salvation so he pulled the tiger out next the monkey said holy sir pull me out too and the brahman pulled him out too then the snake said brahman pull me out too but the brahman answered one shudders at the mere sound of your name how much more at touching you but the snake said we are not free agents we bite only under orders i bind myself by a triple oath that you need have no fear of me after listening to this the brahman pulled him out too then the animal said the man down there is a shrine of every sin beware do not pull him out do not trust him furthermore the tiger said do you see this mountain with many peaks my cave is in a wooded ravine on the north slope you must do me the favor of paying me a visit there some day so that i may make return for your kindness i should not like to drag the debt into the next life with these words he started for his cave then the monkey said my home is quite near the cave beside the waterfall please pay me a visit with this he departed and then the snake said in any emergency remember me and he went his way then the man in the well shouted time and again brahman pull me out too at last the brahman's pity was awakened and he pulled him out thinking he is a man like me and the man said i am a goldsmith and live in baroch 
If you have any gold to be worked into shape, you must bring it to me. With this, he started for home. Then the Brahman continued his wanderings but found nothing whatever. As he started for home, he recalled the monkey's invitation. So he paid a visit, found the monkey at home and received fruit sweet as nectar, which put a new life into him. Furthermore, the monkey said, if you ever have to use for fruit, pray come here at any time. You have done a friend's full duty, said the Brahman, but please introduce me to the tiger. So the monkey led the way and introduced him to the tiger. Now the tiger recognized him and by way of returning his kindness, bestowed on him a necklace and other ornaments of wrought gold, saying, A certain prince whose horse ran away with him came here alone, and when he was within the range of a spring, I killed him. All this I took from his person and stored carefully for you. Pray accept it and go where you will. So the Brahman took it, then recalled the goldsmith and visited him thinking he will do me the favor of getting it sold. Now the goldsmith welcomed him with respectful hospitality, offering water for the feet, an honorable gift, a seat, hard food and soft drink and other things. Then said, Command me, sir, what may I do for you? And the Brahman said, I have brought you gold, please sell it. Sow me the gold, said goldsmith, and the other did so. Now the goldsmith thought when he saw it, I worked this gold for the prince. Having made sure of the fact, he said, Please stay right here while I show it to somebody. With this, he went to the court and showed it to the king. On seeing it, the king asked, Where did you get this? And the goldsmith replied, In my house is a Brahman. He brought it. Thereupon, the king reflected, Without question, that villain killed my son. I will show him what that costs. And he issued orders to the police. Have this Brahman scum fettered and impale him tomorrow morning. When the Brahman was fettered, he remembered the snake who appeared at once and said, What can I do for you? What can I do to serve you? Free me from these fetters, said the Brahman. And the snake replied, I will bite the king's dear queen. Then in spite of the charms employed by great conjurer and the antidotes of other physicians, I will keep her poisoned. Only by the touch of your hand will the poison be neutralized. Then you will go free. Having made this promise, the snake bit the queen, whereupon shouts of despair arose in the palace and the entire city was filled with dismay. Then they summoned dealers in antidotes, conjurers, scientists, druggists and foreigners, all of whom treated the case with such resources as they had but none could neutralize the poison. Finally, a proclamation was made with a beat of drum upon hearing which Brahman said, I will cure her. The moment he spoke, they freed him from his fetters, took him to the king and introduced him. And the king said, Cure her, sir. So he went to the queen and cured her by the mere touch of his hand. When the king saw her restored to life, he paid the Brahman honor and reverence, then respectfully asked him, Reveal the truth, sir. How did you come to buy this gold? And Brahman began at the beginning and related the whole adventure accurately. As soon as the king comprehended the facts, he arrested the goldsmith while he gave the Brahman a thousand villages and appointed him privy counselor. 
But the Brahman summoned his family, was surrounded by friends and relatives, took delight in eating and other natural functions, acquired massive merit by the performance of numerous sacrifices, concentrated authority by heedful attention to all phases of royal duty, and lived happily. And that is why I say what tiger, monkey, snake advised and the rest of it. And the victor continued. Friend or kinsman, teacher, king must be kept from trespassing. If they cling to evil, still they will bend you to their will. O king, he is obviously a traitor. However, tirelessly benevolent, save a friend on evil bent. This is sainthood's perfect song. Every substitute is wrong. And again, who saves from vice is truly kind. True wife is she who shares your mind. True acts are free from every blame. True joy from avarice is same. True wisdom wins the praise of saints. True friends involve in no restraints. True glory knows no haughtiness. True men are cheerful in distress. And again, rest your sleeping head in fire. Pillow it with snakes. Do not smile at worthy friends who pursue mistakes. Now my lord and king associates with lively, making a vicious mistake that results in the neglect of three things worth living for. Virtue, money, and love. And in spite of my protestations urged from various points of view, my lord and king goes his willful way unheeding. In the future, therefore, when the crash comes, do not blame your servant. You have heard the saying, no thought of profit or of right can headstrong monarchs stay, who like bull elephants amok pursue their reckless way. When puffed with pride they come to grief in thickets of distress, they blame their servants and forget their proper naughtiness. Such being the case, my good fellow, said the lion, should I warn him? What warn him, said Victor, what kind of policy that be? For he stings or strikes in hasty fear when warning has been heard. It is wise to warn an enemy by action, not by word. After all, said Rusty, he's grass nibbler. I'm a carnivore. How can he hurt me? Precisely, said Victor. He's a grass nibbler. My lord and king is carnivore. He is food. My lord and king devours food. In spite of all, if the fellow is not likely to work harm through his own power, he will egg on another to it. And as the saying goes, the weak, malicious fool can use a keener tool. It sharpens sword blades, but the wet whetstone cannot cut. How can that be? said the lion. And Victor answered, Why you have constantly engaged in battle with outnumbered bull elephants, wild oxen, buffaloes, boars, tigers, and leopards, until your body is spotted with scars left by thrust of claw and tusk. Now this lively living beside you is actually scattering his excrement far and wide. In it worms will breed. These worms, finding your body conveniently near, will creep into ready-made crevices and will bore deep. And so you are as good as dead and the proverb says, With no stranger share your house, leap the flea, killed creep the louse. How was that? asked Rusty. And Victor told the story of Leap and Creep.